Hello. Thanks for listening to our Fusion Sermon Podcast. Fusion is a worshiping community within Hardawike Ministries. We gather at 1030 a.m. in the Red Brick Church Building on the Hardawike campus on the corner of 160th and Lakewood in Holland, Michigan. We invite you to join us in person when you are able. To learn more about our Fusion community and Hardawike Ministries, please visit hardawike.com. The words of the prophet Isaiah were coming true. In fact, the words of all the prophets were coming true. The long-awaited Messiah, Jesus Christ, our hope, our peace, our joy, and God's love was coming into this world. What a beautiful and glorious moment we just sang about. Amen. And Luke, the historian, physician, theologian, offers the setting of Christ's arrival as written in Luke chapter 2. I'd invite you to listen as Luke reminds us once again of the setting of Christ's arrival. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. The Christ child, the promised Messiah, enters this world. Think about the context under the shadow of Roman power. Caesar Augustus needs to be sure that everyone's paying their taxes, so he issues a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world because he needs to make sure that everyone's, you know, paying their fair share. And there's no exceptions, not even for this poor couple from Nazareth traveling to Bethlehem, 40 weeks pregnant, Mary is at this time. Joseph and Mary, who received this incredible word from the angel Gabriel, we remembered that as Luke shared that from Luke chapter 1, just months earlier, and they travel three to four days, or about 90 miles, uh, from Nazareth, which is in the north in Galilee, down to the Judean hillside in Bethlehem, further south. And they find the only suitable place they can find to stay, a place typically reserved for some family's livestock. And here, under the shadow of Roman power, oppression, and certainly inconvenience, in the discreet darkness of Bethlehem's night sky, to a poor, anonymous, unwed couple from Nazareth, the Christ child, the Messiah that the prophets foretold, is born. And from these first seven verses of Luke chapter 2, we might begin to wonder, did anyone even notice what had just happened? Or did anyone even care? 
Admittedly, for us today, Christmas is typically a time where, where we pull out all the stops, right? We pull out that, that huge tub that's been in our basement for months and pull out all the Christmas lights. We got some extra Christmas lights. You should drive by our house. It looks pretty good. Clark Griswold would be proud, right? We go and we cut down the biggest Christmas tree, right, and set that up, and it barely fits in our living room. We buy the best presents for our kids. We sing all of our favorite songs. We go to the best shows, the biggest productions. We watch all of our favorite Christmas movies because it's Christmas and we get the significance. And yet on this first Christmas night, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, was born and we're told he was just simply wrapped in cloths and placed in a manger, literally a feeding trough for a family's livestock. Anonymous, inconvenient, a humble moment. The Messiah was born, the Savior was given. Even though at the moment of his birth, most people in Bethlehem had no idea what had just happened, God took notice, amen? The Lord God decided to share this good news of what had just happened in the darkness and discretion of Bethlehem's night sky. God sends an angel. And again, Luke offers an account of this divine appearance to some unlikely recipients. Let's hear again these familiar words from Luke chapter 2. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. The angel of the Lord appears and declares that this, this thing that has just occurred in the quiet darkness of this little village of Bethlehem will change absolutely everything. It is good news, the best news. The Greek word here is, is euangelion. I won't make you repeat that. It's Christmas Eve, okay? But it's where we get the word evangelism or evangelize. It is, it is the word, our literal word for the gospel. It is good news, the gospel, which is one word that captures the life, death, resurrection, and return of Jesus Christ. That is the reason we are here. It is that good news. And the angel goes on to say it's good news that will cause great joy. The Greek there is it's mega joy. It's megas, right? It's mega joy, right? For all people. 
This is good news of great joy that will be for every single person, all tribes, all nations, every tongue. That is what the angel declares has just happened in the quiet Bethlehem night. In the cover of darkness, yet this is good news of great joy that will impact every single person in this world for all eternity. The most profound announcement ever given. Why? The angel goes on to say, for this infant child, this, this child, the Christ, the promised Messiah, he is the ones that the prophets foretold. Not just Isaiah, as we beautifully read and outlined this morning, but all of the prophets foretold of this coming Messiah, and he has come to bring salvation. What they were expecting was, was salvation from the oppression of Rome. Well, what Jesus comes, and we know this, we have the benefit of, 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 of hindsight, right? That Jesus came to deliver them, not just from Roman oppression, but from sin and death and all the powers of darkness in this world. It is the best news imaginable. Why? Because this child is the Lord. And again, it would be revealed over time, but what do we mean by that is he is God in flesh, the son of God with flesh on. And here's the sign given to these shepherds so that they can be sure that when they come across a child that's just been born on, on the chance that there's other infants who had just been born that night, the sign is that this child be wrapped in cloths. Well, that's, that's pretty normal. You wrap a child in cloths, right? But this child, this Messiah was placed in a manger, a feeding trough for livestock. And we hear this greatest announcement ever given and we wonder, who would God entrust? Who would God entrust with such a wondrous and glorious message? Again, for us, typically, Christmas is a time of, of, of pageantry and, and spectacle. And oftentimes in our culture, right, we, we reserve the, the biggest spectacles and the greatest pageantry for the biggest audiences, right? I haven't been, but I saw some videos of a T-Swift concert. I just said T-Swift, and everyone's like rolling their eyes. But Taylor Swift, right? Or how about this, Trans-Siberian Orchestra? Like the biggest shows, the biggest productions. We fill stadiums for that kind of production, right? We, we fill stadiums with VIP seating because this kind of announcement in our culture today, we want a packed house of very important people. And friends, admittedly, as, as the church, we can sometimes fall into this kind of thinking. We, we put on these incredible Christmas services and, and we, want, we want packed house, we want the big, we can fall into this kind of thinking, especially on Christmas. Big productions for big crowds. And yet on this first Christmas night, do you notice this, the angel's announcement, this incredible, glorious announcement, a choir of angels comes to a handful of common, not just common, actually lowly shepherds. Those in first century Israel who, who, were, who were stuck living in the fields, not just during the day, but in the evening, at night, tending to dirty and smelly sheep. This message doesn't come to the religious leaders it doesn't come to the, to the Greek philosophers or to an auditorium of world leaders, not to the wealthy, not to the influential, but to nobodies. A group of nobodies, shepherds. Those resigned to tending sheep 
at night are the first to hear this good news that would absolutely, without a doubt, history would prove, would change the world. And they hear it by a chorus of angels. Well, the shepherds see this glorious sight. They hear this incredible message that would change the world. A newborn, the Messiah placed and lying in a manger. And what do they do? What would you do if you had just heard this message? Well, Luke again offers an account of how their response, how they respond to this good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Let's continue hearing the word of the Lord from Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 15. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Ordinary, humble shepherds hear this incredible announcement. The Messiah, the Lord, has been born just miles away from them in the small village of Bethlehem. And their immediate response was was twofold. Did you catch both things they did? The first thing the the shepherds do is, well, they want to see this child for themselves. Would you? Yeah, I I want to see this thing too. So so their immediate response is they want to see this child, see for themselves. And so they go looking for a newborn child who's lying in a manger. Again, that is the sign because that is a strange thing to behold. And they find Jesus. The second thing they do after they, they find Jesus, they spread the word. They spread the good news of what they had seen and heard that night. Meanwhile, we're given this one verse that Mary treasures and ponders everything that she has just been heard, everything that she had been told by the angel Gabriel. Now confirmed by a bunch of lowly shepherds, she just ponders and treasures it in her heart. And friends, this brings us to this evening this moment. Christmas is is a wonderful time of year. Often it's filled with pageantry and spectacle, the pressure of big celebrations and family traditions, and, and we get why we do that, because it's good. There's nothing wrong with that. But tonight we remember that first Christmas where the Son of God was entering this world in the cover of darkness, in the shadow of empire, vulnerably being placed in a feeding trough. And we remember this good news that would change the world was given first to ordinary nobodies, poor young shepherds, the forgotten and overlooked. And as we remember that, as we ponder that, friends, what a powerful reminder this is to us this evening, that Jesus Christ came into this world not for those who think they're self-important, self-made, or VIPs who have it all figured out. Christ came into this world for ordinary people. Dare say nobodies, 
like you and like me. And not only that, but he entrusts the good news that will cause great joy for all people to a bunch of ordinary nobodies like you and like me. So as we continue to ponder, as we continue to wonder, here's the question, how are, how are we going to respond to this good news? That Jesus Christ, the son of the living God has come into this broken world. Here's our invitation this morning as we continue to contemplate. In just a few moments, we'll, we'll begin passing light from the Christ candle throughout the sanctuary. It's one of my, my favorite things we do in a worship service each year. As you receive the light, as you receive the light of Christ from the Christ candle, I just invite you to take a moment and like Mary, just ponder and treasure the reality of this wondrous gift of Christ in our lives. Ponder all that, that this reality that Jesus Christ has come means in our lives, the hope, the peace, the joy, and the love of God here in our midst. And then the second invitation is, is to ponder what might it look like to share this good news. To imagine what might happen if each of us, like the shepherds, upon hearing this good news, just could not contain ourselves, but had to share what we had seen and heard in Jesus Christ with everyone that we knew. And as we ponder that reality in our collective imagination, watch as the light of Christ, the good news of great joy begins to spread throughout our midst. The reality of Christmas is simple in many ways. It was subtle and yet it was profound and powerful enough to change the world. Jesus Christ, the light of the world, has come and he is here. You join me in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you for your love. Jesus, we thank you for your love. We thank you that, Lord, in our brokenness, you loved us so much that you wouldn't leave us on our own, but Jesus Christ, you stepped into the brokenness of this world and it brings hope and it brings peace and you bring joy. Restore our joy this evening, Lord. Help us to love as we've been loved because the light has come and our lives and this world has never been the same. Remind us of that hope. Remind us of that peace, that joy, and that love and the truth that Jesus Christ is in our midst. We pray all this in Christ's name. God's people say it together. Amen. Thank you for listening. To learn how to get involved in our fusion community or how to support Hardawike Ministries, please visit us at hardawike.com.